Friday, 10th of July, 2020. Welcome back to Ellipsis. My name is Ravneet and you're listening to episode 27. This is the second episode where we will continue our reading of Emily Dickinson poems. I closed the last episode with the thought that Emily Dickinson's poems are not a mood, they are an emotion. Not to be savoured for a day, they live as a season. You read and read and suddenly you are in that 19th century room with her, watching her as she wrote all of her 1800 or so poems. Fame is a bee, it has a song, it has a sting. Ah, too, it has a wing. That was Emily Dickinson. Her poems were discovered by her family after her death and published twice over with a gap of 50 years. The first publication trimmed and sheared and squeezed her poems to fit the literary conventions of the time and readers' tastes. It was only with the second publication that brought her poems to print without edits and quote-unquote corrections that a Dickinsonian style of poetry was discovered. One biography I read made this astute observation that Emily Dickinson was all about examining the exterior life with an interior lens and an interior life with an exterior lens. She spent most of her life away from public glare, did not receive any recognition as a writer and therefore was much the solitary soul. But her thoughts, her mind, were alive to the finer points of both the domestic and public life, which she examined through a unique lens of honesty. Much as there were recurring themes of fame and death and mental breakdown in her poems, she also had enormous breadth. Some of her most commonly quoted poems are not always attributed to her. I read now two of her most popular poems. The first one is called Hope is the Thing with Feathers. I read now. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without the words and never stops at all. And sweetest in the gale is heard and so must be the storm that could abash the little bird that kept so many warm. I've heard it in the chillest land and on the strangest sea, yet never in extremity it asked a crumb of me. And then this second one on success. Success is counted sweetest. I read now. Success is counted sweetest by those who never succeed. To comprehend a nectar requires sorest need. No one of all the purple host who took the flag today can tell the definition so clear of victory as he defeated dying on whose forbidden ear the distant strains of triumph burst agonized and clear. Like I said, she wasn't involved extensively in public life. She was a borderline atheist and her letters suggest that her most intimate relationship was one she shared with her sister-in-law, Susan Gilbert. 
Emily frowned upon domestic life and its burdens that befell only women. In one of her letters to Susan Gilbert, right before she got married to her brother, Emily spoke of the difference between a bride and a wife. At this point, since Emily and Susan are both unmarried, Emily remarks that prospective brides must pity us, for life seems full of hope and excitement and joys and gifts and festivities to them. But married women or wives must certainly be jealous of us, our freedoms and our ability to prioritize our own pleasures. Emily Dickinson wrote prolifically as you must now realize. And it is impossible for me to have the six or or so poems that I've read do justice to the body of work she established. She is a towering literary figure. And yet, the poem of hers that I wish to end this episode with is one where she calls herself a nobody and even revels in it. I identified much with it when I read it first in my chapbook, but also again when I read it during the course of my research. Let's hear it. So this one's called, I'm nobody, who are you? I read now. I'm nobody, who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell, they'd banish us, you know. How dreary to be somebody. How public, like a frog. To tell your name the live long day to an admiring bog. I'll read that one again. I'm nobody. Who are you? Are you nobody too? Then there's a pair of us. Don't tell. They'd banish us, you know. How dreary to be somebody. How public like a frog. To tell your name the live long day to an admiring bog. That is the poem that defines my 2020. After many years of being a croaking frog, this nobody phase has given me freedom to pursue things I wanted to. But what about you? Are you nobody like Emily Dickinson here? Or much the public frog, croaking from day to night to an admiring marshland of soaking wet mud? Back to regular programming from the next episode next week. The poems today were from the Poetry Foundation website and the university website I linked to in the previous episode. The show notes have been updated. You read through Emily Dickinson poems and send me one you like. Until Tuesday, living in ellipsis, Ravneet Bhava. <laughs>